Hi, um, this is Laura, Laura Headline, and we are going to host the second People Power Hour. And this People Power Hour is an idea of Shay Hansen, my co-host for the day. Hi, Shay. Tell us about yourself and ACL, ACLU People Power. Uh, sure. Um, I uh, grew up in a family that really valued our democracy to the extent that we thought we wanted to push it forward. So uh, I grew up very aware of, of um, people's movements and this and that. And I, I, like everybody else, got into raising children, but um, I, I began became concerned about the infringement of our um, voting rights. And right about that time, I found myself empty nest, so I turned and got involved. Um, and it's been fantastic. I have just loved all the people that I've met. Um, my particular group that I got involved in is called uh, ACLU People Power Minneapolis Branch. Um, and we do a lot of, uh, it's completely nonpartisan, we do a lot of uh, voter outreach registration, um, informing people, answering questions. We do tabling. Uh, for instance, we were at Open Streets this last Sunday. We go, we're going to farmer's markets, uh, this or that. Uh, and the more volunteers we have, the more tabling we do. It's really fun getting out and answering questions. Um, one of the uh, Minnesota State Senators stopped by our booth on Sunday and congratulated us uh, for the work we were doing. Um, anybody who wants to sign up uh, can go to our Facebook page. It's uh, I recommend facebook.com slash groups slash uh, let people vote um, that will get you directly to our group rather than the St. Paul chapter of, uh, of a similar group. So that's kind of what we're doing, and we hope people will get involved. You know, getting involved, and it doesn't have to be partisan. It doesn't have to be divisive. It can be unity. And so this is kind of the show we're doing today on People Power. We're looking at all these nonpartisan ways to get active and to protect our democracy and, like you say, move it forward. I mean, uh, I feel this from – I've shared this on the radio before, but you know, my, I, I know I really benefited from the truck driver's strike in Minneapolis at the turn of the century. I'm a truck driver's daughter, and we got two vacations every year. We had full health care. We had dental care, and my dad got a pension. You know, That activism made my life better. Um, and so there's this idea of moving it forward and let's move forward on democracy. And so we're going to start um, joining us right now is um, Melanie Hayslip, and she's with the Minnesota Secretary of State's office. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am the voter outreach director for the Secretary of State's office, and I am um, pretty new to the position. I just started about a month ago. But I've been doing voter outreach and civic engagement work for about the last six years. Um, and I actually started with uh, the same group that Shay started with back six years ago. Um, and now she's in the Minneapolis chapter and I'm over on the, I was over on the St. Paul side until I moved to the Secretary of State's office. Uh, right. So uh, she's one of those wonderful people that I'm so happy I've gotten a chance to meet. Great. And so um, one of the things the Secretary of State really needs, what, what people need is um, people to show up and be voting uh, uh, election judges. So tell us about how that works. Yeah, sure. Um, so becoming an election judge is just such an excellent way to get involved in our democracy at the most fundamental level. Um, it's nonpartisan. 
Um, you have the option to get paid, though many people do it as a volunteer. And um, we need about 30,000 election judges throughout the state at 3,000 polling places. Um, and the election judges are the folks that actually administer our elections at the most grassroots level. They are your community members and your neighbors. You often recognize them when you go to the polls. And they're trained according to the law to ensure that our elections are carried out with integrity. Um, we have such a strong component of civic engagement in our culture here in Minnesota. So we um, we often see plenty of folks who volunteer to be election judges, but we know that the demographic of election judges is skewing older, and especially the last couple of years in COVID, there's been just a greater need for more uh, recruitment of election judges. So we don't actually hire them at the Secretary of State's office. That happens through the city and the county, but we help do the recruitment and get the word out there for the need. 30,000 election judges. I guess I didn't realize it took that many people. Um, and, yeah. and, and then, um, and so uh, you want to really reach out to uh, younger people. And so if someone wants to be election judge, what do they do? Sure. So you can either go to your city or your county, um, but we also have links to all of those applications right on our website at mnvotes.gov slash election judge. You fill out an application, um, you would send it back to your city or your county, and then they process it from there. Um, and like you said, we are doing a lot of recruitment in high schools and colleges for younger election judges. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a great way to start off those civic engagement habits early um, that just coincides right with that culture of, of being involved in Minnesota. Um, and it's a paid gig, which is great for a younger person. Um, we even have election judge trainees, which is also a paid gig um, for 16 and 17 year olds. So we do a lot. We've been doing a lot of recruitment for the younger, the younger age groups for uh, this work. And Melanie, is it, I have it in my mind that you don't have to be a resident of the polling place where you are working. Is that true? Um, oh, that's actually a good question. I'm not sure. I know the two requirements are you need to be a Minnesota resident, but I haven't seen it specified that you need to be a resident of that precinct um, and you need to be able to read and write English. And actually, no, now that I'm thinking it through, there are times where if your precinct does have um, the positions covered, you may be asked to be an election judge elsewhere, but typically you're placed in your own neighborhood. Great. And you are looking for people who um, know other languages as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, especially for folks who English isn't their native language, it can be very helpful to have election judges who do speak their native language working the polls so that they can assist um, in, in other languages. So we're doing a big push this year with the community organizations and um, people who are working with um, multicultural groups. If you speak other languages, we'd love to have you as an election judge. Well, Mel- Melanie Hazlip, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk next to Common Cause. But is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, you know, I I actually had a conversation with a friend just yesterday who was an election judge for the first time in 2020, and he told me that um, he just had such a great experience. He was a little nervous going into it because there was so much contention around that election, but he he felt that it was uh, overwhelmingly everybody was so supportive and kind, and it was just such a, an affirming experience to see everybody come together um, and neighbors coming together to do their duty. 
So um, I, it's been that's that's the that's the thread we hear from our election judges that overwhelmingly it's just such a great energizing experience. So go to mnvotes.gov/electionjudge and fill out that application. I'm wondering, uh, are there volunteer opportunities on the um, county elections office level, or or for counting votes, or I don't know anything. Uh, that would all be handled based on your county that you live in. So if you're interested in that, I would suggest getting a hold of your county and seeing what they have available. Great. Otherwise, it's minnesotavotes.gov or slash gov. Yep. Minnesotavotes.gov has all your election needs and then slash election judge specifically for election judge applications. It is mnvotes.gov. It's the one-stop place for everything you need to know about elections. Great. All right, we're going to move. We're going to talk to Common Cause Minnesota next and check out minnesotavotes.gov. All right. Thank you, Melanie. Thank Thanks. you. So we're doing a People Power Hour. I'm Laura. And, and I'm Shay. And uh, so joining us now is Anastasia, and she's with Common Cause Minnesota. Welcome t- to People Power Hour. Thank you. It's fabulous to join you, ladies. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a civil rights attorney by passion and the privilege of being the executive director for Common Cause Minnesota Nonpartisan uh, People Lobby Group. A grassroots group, I should clarify, right here in Minnesota. Uh, and um, how long have you been with Common Cause? Um, uh, quite a while, I think. You've been lending yes, great actually, leadership. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Shay. Actually, yes. I have been with Common Cause Minnesota now since, actually, I believe it was late October of 2016, so just a few weeks shy of the 2016. 2016 rather election cycle and it has been an amazing ride ever since and one of your big focus is, is election protection so talk to us about election protection absolutely so actually common cause we utilize three real strategies um to move pro-democracy reforms whenever need be. One of them is using litigation, and some of you, some of the audience members, might have heard our work with the uh, our Maps Minnesota grassroots campaign to move people-focused redistricting reforms right here in the state. So we litigated on that with the Cory Plant. The other strategy that we use is education and outreach. Um, and the third strategy that we use is in working directly with Minnesotans across the span, across the political span, teaching them and partnering with them and advocating and finding their own voice. And so part of that involves the election protection work. And again, um, historically speaking, right now more than ever, election protection is really going to be uh, front and center in the work that you're going to see coming from Common Cause Minnesota and all of our nonpartisan democracy partners here in the state. Um, currently, we've got the I Vote Minnesota campaign, and that is really the umbrella of our election protection work here in the state. It is throughout the entire state. We're targeting approximately 13 counties within the state based on uh, BIPOC populations, based on historical feedback from other nonpartisan volunteers that have reported back in prior cycles around issues at polling places, et cetera. 
And we've also got our Me Plus Three Get Out the Vote and Get Out the Turnout nonpartisan campaign that really does um, something everyone can do regardless of where you at, what your language is, what your socioeconomic background might be. And I'm happy to talk about that later in the show. Excellent. Uh, I'm really excited about this election protection program that you have going. Um, I think the Secretary of State's office is really undermining that um, Minnesota elections are safe. And um, I I think this helps to get that message out. Yeah, the uh, Secretary of State, they want to get out the idea that the elections are safe. Because, I mean, elections, um, let's talk about the heart of elections, because this is where it's a place of coming together, right? And and. Every it's it's a core idea that we all matter and our voices are all needed to make the world a better place. We need everybody, right, Anastasia? Absolutely, and you know, at the very heart of how and why our democracy works is in that variety of perspective, right? So this isn't really about a particular camp or a particular party's um, ideology. It's fundamentally a principle that says we, the people, remain the ultimate power in our democracy. And that means that I don't have to agree with what your particular perspective is, but what we do have to do together is make sure that we're protecting the integrity of how it is our elections happen. Now, very quickly, Minnesota has lived in somewhat of a bit of a bubble, I like to say very proudly, because our State, um, with regards to either whether it's on the front end of our elections, which is getting people to vote, register to vote, or is it, you know, whether at the back end of the process where it's the integrity and the checks and balances that are in place to make sure that every legally casted ballot is counted and matters, or all that good stuff in between, right, which is all about getting out the vote, which is all about the experience that people have and their polling places and the access, the various ways that people can cast their ballot here in the state of Minnesota, we are oftentimes named as best practices in the country. That is really something to be proud of. And so when we look at what does election protection look like right now with regards to protecting the integrity of that process, not based on who you cast your ballot for, but rather protecting the institution, protecting our democracy, our state constitution, right? That involves something slightly different now. As we saw in 2020 in Georgia, where we saw a lot of things happening and we thought, my gosh, that's never going to happen, not in Minnesota. Well, unfortunately, in Minnesota, what I have been seeing here, as has some of our democracy partners like the League of Women Voters Minnesota and Clean Elections Minnesota, is that we're having some of those nefarious fringe groups showing up and popping up at county and local discussions around how elections are going to be taking place now, given redistricting, and that is deeply concerning. So our response to some of this is inoculating against misinformation and disinformation. The Office of the Secretary of State has been amazing partners in that process. I really encourage folks to jump onto their website. They've got all kinds of amazing information on there. But really outside of that, it's really about understanding how that process happens. If we understand how it happens, if we understand how some of this misinformation got there, then we know how to inoculate against it. Our program, the I Vote Minnesota, 
election protection um, program here that's kicking off um, at the end of this month, running through Election Day and even after Election Day with regards to the certification process as well, is all about making sure that people have accurate information. So we've got social media monitors that are going to be monitoring all social media platforms in the state of Minnesota. We're currently recruiting folks to do nonpartisan social media monitoring. We've also got our field program, which some of your audience members may already be familiar with, the 1866 hotline um, initiative that we have. Multiple languages offered through that. Our partnership with Dorsey and Whitney, should there be a need for legal intervention. Um, we've got amazing, last time around in 2020, we had over 750 nonpartisan field monitors. Some of them were voting monitors, where they would be assigned clusters of polling places to, you know, go through. Some of them were actually assigned particular polling places. And so we're back again. We're, we're back at it again. That's um, fantastic. One of our democracy partners. Yeah. Just, you can see why I'm excited about this. Um, where, how do people sign up to volunteer to get involved in, in these programs? Well, we like to make it very friendly, and we like to have an opportunity to chat with volunteers or potential volunteers. So we encourage everyone to go to our Common Cause Minnesota website, and you will find information there. Or you can call our office at 612-605-97, or I'm sorry, 7978. Again, 612-605-7978. And we're happy to talk to you about those volunteer opportunities we want to make sure we're plugging people in where they want to be in. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for uh, for the details of the program and also kind of filling us in on the background of the importance of this kind of program. Election protection. So that's Common Cause Minnesota. We'll be right back. So welcome back. This is Laura, and we're talking about People, People Power Hour. And right now we're talking about nonpartisan ways of being active in our political system. We were talking with the Secretary of State's office earlier about how to be an election judge. Um, Common Cause Minnesota was on talking about election protection program. And now we're going to be uh, talking to Ryan uh, Perez about COPAL. And my co-host today is Shay Hansen. Uh, good afternoon. Yay. So, Ryan, tell us about COPAL. Ryan Perez. Yeah, hi, uh, yep, Ryan Perez, uh, community organizer with Copal. Um, we've been around for, we're a rather pretty young organization, been around, I don't know if it's been four or five, five, five or six years now, uh, doing work primarily in the Latino community, uh, organizing on voter engagement, organizing on immigration issues, organizing on environmental justice, um, really issue-based, uh, talking about what matters to Latinos across Minnesota, uh, people don't realize, uh, you know, Minnesota has a pretty uh, unique Latino population history going from, I think, 1% in 1990 to 6% in, in by this year, 2022. Uh, so a really quickly growing population of folks from Mexico, from Puerto Rico, El Salvador, uh, and now coming in with, you know, a second generation coming in. So we're an organization that, that builds power with the community, making sure that folks are able to stay engage and advocate uh, for our communities and um, as well as specifically, you know, thinking about how we're engaging in the vote and saying, hey, 
you know, your vote matters for the issues you care about. Great. Can you tell us what COPAL stands for? Yes, yes. Uh, so COPAL stands for, in Spanish, it's Comunidades Organizando el Poder y la Acción Latina. In English, that's Communities Organizing Latino Power and Action. Uh, and the word, the word COPAL refers to, it's, it's sort of like a resin, uh, like a tree resin almost, and it's uh, a very ceremonially important in uh, some of the first American cultures of the, you know, modern-day Mexico, for example. Well, so it has, a, it has a spiritual sim- symbolic significance, uh, but it's also, of course, it's a, it's a fun little acronym. And you said, you know, about your voice matters. And, you know, having people believe that they have power when we're almost told nonstop that we don't have power. Um, I mean, am I, do you think I'm accurate on that, that, that people somehow get the message that, uh, that, that they don't have the power? Yeah, definitely. So we're trying to really combat the, you know, we have this, kind of inherent feeling that is it goes beyond just our community it's pretty widely felt right now mm-hmm. uh, especially in the current political climate that uh the government doesn't work for you the the government the government doesn't serve you uh systems aren't set up for us and so the result is everything that you know is kind of being created systematically uh is, is going to be against you and there's not kind of a hope to change that and we're, we, I think, are, are accepting of the reality that this system was not built for us, uh, but trying to also map out, hey, if we want to change the system, if we want to change the way the world works and we want it to serve us, what are the vehicles to go about that? And elections and voting are one vehicle, you know, showing up and protesting, showing up and writing letters to your elected officials. Uh, all of it is, is constituting a bigger picture, you know, getting involved with, with cultural celebrations in your community. Um, is, they're all just vehicles for, for change making. And so we really are working on, you know, from the civic en- engagement component and lens of showing, hey, change is possible, you know, a better world is possible, and here's some ways to go about that. And all, all, um, y- uh, many of your activities are completely nonpartisan. I think you have a 501c3. Uh, tax status. Tell us about uh, the contract with uh, Hennepin County and um, the kind of uh, volunteer opportunities that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's excellent. So what Copal is really uniquely positioned in doing work, um, uh, especially for our, our Spanish-speaking families and uh, families that have, you know, a mix of language, you know, we're set up to be a really excellent first point of contact for the community, especially because um, we have a history of doing work, um, you know, in these, in recent years on, uh, COVID relief efforts, on, um, on vaccination efforts. So, you know, sir, direct community service, which has built a relationship of trust. So when the county says, hey, we want to get out, you know, nonpartisan, uh, elections information to voters in Hennepin County, we want Spanish speakers to be phone called and texted. And we want you to do some direct voter registration and, you know, get out all of this nonpartisan, you know, this is how the process of how you go about the ballot. Um, and they, they go and they contract with us because they say, Kopal, you have a history of this work and you're able to engage in that way. So, uh, that's the relationship we have. And, and that's the, you know, we're, we're, we're in this process of we're phone making, we're knocking on doors and we're just saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is what a primary is. This is what the general election is. This is what the, the dates are. And, um, you may not be eligible to vote, 
but your someone in your family is eligible to vote, and they say, oh yeah, my son just turned 18, my son is a U.S. citizen, my son is going to this is his first election, and, and so okay, well, you know, you don't have to feel like you need to do that research because we're right here. We have the voter guides. We've translated the materials. We can work you through that. So we have these these mostly these very nonpartisan uh, activities that you know we welcome any volunteers to be engaged in. We've had so many folks. Uh, especially students from local colleges and universities, especially um, uh, individuals who, you know, studied Spanish at some point or work in service industries where they picked up Spanish along the way. Uh, and though Spanish isn't a requirement to engage or volunteer with us, um, we do have that unique avenue of if you have experience or language experience of any level and you want to be utilizing that and finding ways to involve that in your volunteer efforts, you know, this can be a really excellent organization for that as well. So give us uh, contact information uh, for people who want to get involved and help out this effort. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So kopalamen.org is our website. That is a great, you know, landing portal. Um, we have our Facebook. We have uh, other social media outlets. And you can even always email info at kopalamen.org. Uh, we would love, once you get that initial entry point, you know, show you, show you around our offices. We have an office in Minneapolis and also one in Mankato, which is uh, actually just moving to a new space. Um, and, you know, we also have, especially like the last couple of years, a lot of organizations like ours have developed a lot of remote activities. So if you're not able to come in for the office for any reason or you're not in one of the geographic areas that we have a physical space, that, you know, we'll work with you and create opportunities to, hey, we'll set up a Zoom and you can all phone bank and, and join in and we'll show you how to use the system. Uh, and that has become a way where we're able to get folks from across the state. I just want to make sure everybody understands Copal is spelled C-O-P-A-L. C-O-P-A-L. And Ryan, Ryan P.S. I, I appreciate your time. And I love what you said about relationships of trust. Imagine mm-hmm. a future we have the politics of being together, you know, that, that we have these trust, which is sort of... At elections, I mean, you go and you—it's—it's it's a its a—it's a community trust. It is, uh, and the more people that are involved, the better it works. Exactly, absolutely. So we're going to take a break, and we come back. We're going to talk uh, with Julie Barton from Healthcare for All. Welcome back, and we're kind of doing a little switch from Food Freedom Radio this week. We're doing a People Power Hour, and this is our second one. We did our first one um, last week, and we're going to do another one next week. And it's all about having and owning our democracy, honoring our ancestors, and, and leaving, making it stronger for the future generations and, and keeping election teg- integrity. Uh, so far, we were talking with the Minnesota Secretary of State's office, Common Cause Minnesota. Also, we were talking with um, communities organizing the Power and Action Latina. And right now, joining us is Judy Barton, and she's with Healthcare for All Minnesota. And also co-hosting with me is Shay Hansen. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm really glad to be on here and, and super excited about hearing what healthcare for Minnesota is doing in the state. So, uh, Judy Barton, yeah, tell us a little bit about healthcare for all Minnesota. So, we're a really small nonprofit. Um, we um, are primarily volunteer based um, in getting um, education and outreach out there regarding the issues surrounding um, healthcare finance and um, healthcare financing reform to ensure that all Minnesotans 
have access to the health care that they need and deserve. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what uh, uh, what kinds of uh, activities are you engaging in right now or planning so, to for the future? Sure, sure. So we do educational webinars on Zoom um, usually about once a month. We're taking a little break this summer and doing more outreach. We just finished. We were at Pride Fest, uh, Twin Cities Pride. Um, we are going to be at Farm Fest. Um, in early August, we're actually going to be in the, at the state fair this year. It's our first year at the state fair, um, and so we encourage people if you're going to be at Farm Fest or at the state fair to come visit us, learn more about what's going on um, regarding healthcare financing reform, and learn more about it at those events. Um, and, the, and you need people to help you at those events too, right? Oh, so you yeah, need people to sure, go to the for booths sure. for state fair and mm-hmm. Farm Fest. Especially for the state fair because that's 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., 12 days in a row. And so we need volunteers. And the way we set it up for volunteers as well, if somebody's a newbie, they don't have to be scared or fearful. Like, I don't know a ton of stuff. We're really making a concerted effort to make sure that some of our more well-versed volunteers are, you know, standout volunteers who've been with us for years will be placed with people who are new and may not know everything yet. And we encourage you to still consider volunteering at these events. Um, it's a great way for you to learn as well, um, especially since you'll have somebody there to kind of help show you the ropes. So, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, oh, you mentioned um, you, you mentioned uh, uh, Farm Fest. Um, I'm interested in why you are uh, particularly targeting uh, farming um, activities. Being involved sure, in sure, sure. Well, you know, we are healthcare for all Minnesota, and so we want every Minnesotan to have a voice. Um, you know, and we believe every Minnesotan should have a voice. And you know, the healthcare issues surrounding rural communities and farmers in Minnesota um, are quite. I mean, there's there's lots of issues facing them. Um, you know, you have farmers who um, somebody in the family has to work just to get have access to health care and to be on a health plan because purchasing your own health plan is difficult and expensive, um, especially if you have pre-existing conditions and such. Um, you know, so they need access as well as there's other issues facing rural communities, um, access to doctors and hospitals. A lot of hospitals are closing, um, you know, and making sure that they have the access and health care that they need as well. So we want to talk to farmers. We want to hear from them, you know, what issues they're most concerned about, what issues they're facing so that we can help try and make sure that those are addressed too in the future. Excellent. Yeah, and I saw this chart on people who uh, bankruptcy rates due to healthcare, and it's just it's tragic to think you're going through one of the worst challenges of your life. Your health is threatened, mm-hmm. and then you have all the economic stuff on top of that. I, it just it's exactly. heartbreaking that we have a community that that doesn't function um, in this mm-hmm. way. And but one of the things in looking at this chart of bankruptcies in connection with healthcare. Minnesota has some of the lowest rates of that because we've been pretty strong on 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 healthcare. So, um, but tell us, um, so tell us more about healthcare for all, Minnesota. Sure. So um, we're trying to do a lot of work to um, working with legislators. We're kind of excited about the state fair because our booth is actually going to be kind of 
across from the legislators, so maybe we can have some more conversations with them while we're there. Um, and we're also working a lot with the Minnesota Health Plan Caucus, um, and that is a caucus of legislators that have formed um, trying to help figure out a way to get the Minnesota Health Plan passed. Now, the Minnesota Health Plan was first um, kind of uh, developed by Senator John Marty, who's a champion for single-payer health care in the state of Minnesota. And um, it's a great plan. Um, it really is thoughtfully done. Um, and so this caucus was recently formed in order to try and help get more um, people behind it. So we're working with them. One of the things they want to do is try and get more um, cities and counties to pass resolutions in support of the Minnesota Health Plan. We have six or seven now that have passed it, um, uh, resolutions in support of the Minnesota Health Plan that the city councils have passed. Um, And so we're working with them on getting those passed and, you know, finding advocates in each city or county to kind of advocate to their local representatives to pass those resolutions. Um, One of uh, the biggest ones that recently passed last December was up in Duluth, Minnesota, um, and it was passed unanimously by their city council. I believe that um, Senator Marty has written a book about his plan uh, if people want to um, review it. A lot of information in there. You can actually download that for free. Um, if you go to mnhealthplan.org, that's the Minnesota Health Plan website. It's very well done. Um, there's frequently asked questions there, you know, a general synopsis. But you can also download Senator Marty's book on that site or purchase it um, if you want a hard copy. Um, so, again, mnhealthplan.org. So tell us about these forums around the state that you are planning now. I know it's going to take a little while to implement them, but I'm really excited about just what it's going to be offering people as far as getting informed. Yeah, sure. So we're, excuse me, we're working on planning some forums, you know, for education and outreach and just to hear from people, um, get some stories, because we know that there are so many stories out there about you know, issues with access to health care. Um, and we're planning them kind of with the Minnesota Health Plan Caucus, um, and so it takes a lot of coordination. And I don't, unfortunately, have dates or locations yet, but we're looking at one in southwest Minnesota, one in the Twin Cities, like the five-county metro area. Probably we're looking more towards Dakota County um, for that. And then one in northern Minnesota. Um, and so with these forums, we want to try and make them as open as possible, um, and let people come and make them, you know, a celebration of the community that's there for one, um, because each community is unique and beautiful in and of itself. And so we want people to celebrate their community and what it has to offer. Um, but also be a place where people can receive education regarding the issues surrounding healthcare and the state of Minnesota and in their community, the issues that their community might just face. So So, we're really excited about it, and we encourage individuals um, to stay informed. You can do that via our website, um, which is www.hca-mn.org. And if you go there, you can go up to Get Involved at the top, and you can hit subscribe to subscribe to our 
e-news. We're really conscious about not like emailing people every day yeah. because we know it can get get overwhelming. So we try and email people maybe once, maybe every once in a while if there's a lot going on twice a week. But usually it's a maximum of once a week, um, if even that. So Judy, um, Judy Burton, we, again, that's HCA. So that stands for Healthcare for All, H-C-A-M-N. Um, that's your website you can do at Gmail. Um, but also, so you've got Farm Fest, you've got um, State Fair, you've got um, mm-hmm. house uh, uh, the forums coming up. So you need lots of volunteers. <laughs> lots of volunteers. And let me just correct that website. It's HCA and then the dash MN. So there is a dash in between HCA and MN.org. Um, and so you need the dash, otherwise you won't get to our website. Or you can just Google Healthcare for All Minnesota and we'll pop up. Healthcare for Uh, All Minnesota. Well, thank you so much, Judy Barton. So welcome back, and we're um, kind of doing a different twist for Food Freedom Radio this week. We're doing our second People Power Hour, and this was an idea of Shay Hansen. And so, um, Shay, tell us a little bit about um, yourself again. Uh, well, I um, am uh, really, my first uh, interest is in promoting um, voting rights. I have to admit that I feel some um a threat to our voting rights, not so much in this state, but in the country in general. And voting rights are essential. Um, when I uh, made the decision uh, uh, to get involved after years of uh, child rearing and this kind of thing, decided I didn't want to spend my days sitting by the phone waiting for my daughters to call. And so uh, I didn't make the decision, well, what do I want to focus on? And voting rights just seemed obvious. It's basic to everything. If we don't have the vote, we don't have anything. So uh, that's how I happened to get involved with um, ACLU People Power Group, the Minneapolis group. There are various chapters. Um, at some point, um, ACLU began having being inundated with um, uh, offers to volunteer, and they didn't quite know what they were going to do with all these people. So they put out a call to start grassroots groups. So we are an offshoot of ACLU. Um, they don't pay us or control us in any particular way except to um, require that we be nonpartisan to respect their 501c3 status, nonpartisan status. So we've all started out, and it's just been a learning experience. What can I say? Uh, I never knew that I would know so much about um, the details of, of elections and government, but it's great fun, and I just adore all the wonderful people that I've met. I don't know how I got along without all of us before. One of the things I love about um, that we've done this People Power Hour is this natural enthusiasm. And I think we, as a society, we hear so much negative stuff about politics. But really, it's us, and it's us deciding our future together. I mean, this is natural enthusiasm. 
Right, and uh, the people supposedly at the top um, have been dealing with candidates for Minnesota Senate and this and that. Turns out they're just people too. <laughs> That's right. They're all just people too. But but uh, people and having ownership of our society and on critical issues. And so um, so far the show um, we've uh, listened. We talked to the Minnesota Secretary of State, and they talked about the need for county uh, uh, county election judges. So there's so many ways for you to plug into our political system, and it is yes, it's our political system. Be an election judge. We also talked with Common Cause Minnesota about election election protection and a lot of different ways to plug into election protection. Uh, we talked with um, the um, communities organizing the Power and Action Latina, Ryan Perez with Copal, and uh, he talked about um, just the going out and informing people on how to vote, especially if, if they're new to the area or how to make sure that everyone knows that, um, that we have a relationship of trust. And that's one of the phrases he used that I thought was so important, that we have a relationship of trust in that's, that's what democracy. That's, we should not underestimate the, the importance of just getting information out uh, to people. We, uh, we table at events and uh, we do a certain amount of registering people to vote, and that's important. But more than anything, we answer questions. Turns out everybody is not focused on uh, the election process and are not all geeks like I am, and they just need – uh, to have somebody out there in the public, which we are, answering questions like, uh, if I move, do I need to re-register, even if I'm in the same precinct? Uh, just the details of what kind of identification do I need when I go to the polls, blah, blah, blah. Can I register at the polls? Um, so um, it's really important to and Minnesota is a national out. leader on that, that, yes, you can register at the polls. Mm-hmm. You can just show up. And mm-hmm. and the other thing is it's fun to show up and vote. I think so. And uh, Right. And you get a free sticker. <laughs> I like the little red sticker. So we also had Julie, Judy Barton on for Healthcare for All in Minnesota. And they're going to be at Farm Fest. And they're at the Minnesota State Fair. And they're holding forums about an issue that affects everyone, healthcare for all Minnesotans. And right now, um, joining us next is Hannah Merrill. So welcome to um, People Power Hour. Hannah. Thank you. Hi, Hannah. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, well, my name is Hannah Merrill. Uh, she and they pronouns are both fine. I'm a resident of Minneapolis, and I am a core leader with the Young Adult Coalition of Isaiah. And the Young Adult Coalition is a, you know, we're building a political home for students, renters, the under 35-ish crowd to work for um, economic, racial, and climate justice. So... I think, you know, a lot of the things that you were saying were kind of resonating with me. I was nodding along here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to kind of, like, run through where we've been and where we're going, if that's all right with you. And I am going to make it a little darker for a moment, but I swear we'll get to, like, be a natural and <laughs> Maybe before you get to that, can you tell, give us a little background on what Isaiah is? People probably won't oh, know. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't know anything about Isaiah before I got involved with them, so I imagine a lot of listeners wouldn't as well. Um, yeah, Isaiah is a group of people across faith, race, age, zip code, uh, geographical location. It's all over the state working together on towards common goals and kind of the guiding star is multiracial democracy, a caring economy and a thriving planet. And so that's something that really spoke to me and I think speaks to a lot of us. We're very like leader led or member led. 
Um, and it's so I it's really, I really loved what you just said. A caring economy, multiracial society, and what was the third? Thriving planet. Thriving planet. And Isaiah is a ecumenical organization, right? Um, but supported uh, through various um, congregations. Yeah, originally came out of um, house meetings among church groups. I, I believe mostly with Catholics, but it expanded to the other Christian denominations. And now, one of the largest um, components of the coalition is um, Muslim communities and mosques. And we also have there's the Black Barber Shops and Church's Congregation, the BBCC, and there's a lot of childcare centers. Something I didn't know is that you know you know about kind of your corporate child care centers, but a lot of the child care centers and daycare operations that are done in this state are operated by, you know, individuals with just a couple of centers, and a lot of them are women-owned, they're owned by women of color, they employ women of color, and there are a lot of things to organize around that. I mean, child care is something that reaches, you know, so many people, you're either paying for it or, you know, however, and it's, it's very expensive, and um, but it's a necessity, so there's a lot of child care organi- organizing and then the Young Adult Coalition is where I organize. And I'm really afraid because I'm not looking at a list that I'm forgetting someone right now. So if I am, I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. But I want to also, oh, I mean, I you, said, you, you started this conversation, you started this conversation, said you wanted to go into a dark spot. So I wanted, I think that's important that we do well, that. I, I wanted to add just yes. a second that, uh, that Isaiah does invite absolutely everybody, regardless of denomination or, you know, uh, Spiritual, uh, whatever d- dominion. Yeah, and we do uh, have the every, beginning just kind yeah, of a yeah. un, unaffiliated right. sort of exactly, exactly. situation. Yeah, so dark space. I'm ready. Yeah, perfect. Good. I think I agree. It's really important to talk about because it's the reality we live in, and I'm I'm hearing it a lot from the people I talk to, even when I'm not trying to talk politics, which I'm always trying to talk politics, but. Um, I hear that, that everything kind of sucks. Um, it's easy to look around and say, what a mess. Um, you know, we've got lots of talk of, of inflation, and we've got, you know, as you mentioned, say, attacks on our democracy. And to say that our democracy is under attack is not kick and littling. It really is, like, there is a concentrated effort to take away the right to vote uh, from some people, and that it's concerning. That terrifies me, you know, where we could end up. And, you know, we're we're living under the brunt of, you know, a lot of corporations have decided that pandemic profiteering is the way to go. And that's where we're seeing these price increases, and it's getting harder and harder to live and to pay for things. And that's kind of crushing, right? That Things kind of suck. Um, and we're hearing it from everyone, and so that's kind of where we have to start. And Another thing, though, to mention in that is in and around all of these dark things, and it's not like everything just started going bad in 2020, but young people, who I organize and who I organize with, you know, we're casting a vision for this country. and Like, where do we want to live? And it's no longer enough to just be like, oh, this is awful, I don't like it. There's that second part of the sentence of, like, I will dream of something better. And so we've seen lots of people show up, I mean, all the way back to Occupy, we've got BLM, young people voting in record numbers in 2018 and 2020. No reason to believe we, you know, we won't again. I think we've got this history of casting a vision. I think we're going to turn out 
to help save our republic. Um, but it sucks. It feels like we're always on the defense, right? You're always fighting against something else, and that's just not good enough anymore. And so all over, we're seeing people go on the offense, and, and we're no different um, in, in Minnesota, and we're kind of the young adult coalition's mostly in the Twin Cities area, and we're going on offense. Um, we, you know, we started back this spring. We held an event at the Capitol where we played a role in stopping Senate Republicans from overturning the will of the people in the Minneapolis and St. Paul elections had elected rent stabilization, and there was a preemption bill that passed the Senate to erase the votes and the voices of over 100,000 Minnesotans. And that, you know, we fought that. Of course we're going to fight that. Um, and we also, while we were there, we were able to meet with Attorney General Keith Ellison and meet with him about his work that his office has been doing. They've been doing things like sue bad landlords. Um, they're suing some some companies in the fossil fuel industry for lying to consumers about the impact of their their uh, so, so their Hannah, I know, I know. I'm, this is this is our this is Shays and I's kind of test on this people power hour. We're down to our last forty seven seconds. So oh, I, wanna, no. I, I know. I just want to give people uh, what's your contact information if people want to connect more with you and hear more about your young parties or connect with them. Yeah, we are in the middle of doing a lot of agenda building, trying to figure out what it is that we should actually be fighting for, what people want to do. We're hosting a series of house meetings. You can find us um, on Instagram as the Young Adult Coalition might be the easiest way um, because off the top of my head, I don't know the main email address for our lead organizers. You might have it as Elliot's email address. But if you find us on Instagram there, they sign up sheet for one of us to follow up with you in our link tree. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you, Shay. It was been fun. We're going to do another People Power Hour next week. People Power. People Power.